1: Crowd cheers, here's Siddle, he's got it He's given it in, by the saddle!
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Slips and a Gully, and tonight I am joined by uh, a couple of hosts. G'day, guys. Hey, Aaron, how you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. Happy New Year to everybody. And g'day, Craig. How you doing, mate? Yeah, great. Happy New Year to uh, everyone out there in the Aaron's. Great to be back.
2: Yeah, yeah. You guys, i uh, missed the uh, uh, extra-large, last-minute, uh, not-very-well-organized road-trip podcast that Glenn and I did. We went down to go and watch was possibly... <laughs> One of the least riveting days of cricket I've ever seen, but still yeah. got down to the uh, down to day two. So this is the first time we're back in studio for Two Slips in the Gully for 2024.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to rub it in though. Uh, I got to day three. Yeah, day um, three, the moving day. Um, days, <laughs> she It started slow. Um, we when a cloud, sorry, when a crowd collapsed at uh, the eighth over, um, you know. Signalling, thank God, you've scored runs, you know, for the, you know, uh, for the first time in six overs. It was, yeah, a bit of a slow start, but yeah, fifteen wickets. They were just, in a day. They were just culling
2: the her. They were culling the guys that were just there for, you know, for clout, social media clout from the cricket fans, because the cricket fans will sit through that but this oh man it's been half an hour nothing's happening let's go to the pub and it's like right now to the people that don't give a crap are gone let's get into the
0: cricket that's exactly what happened and yeah it was a, it was an absolutely outstanding day beautiful day and then to watch Hazelwood just from one end just just talk, tear through a Pakistan lineup that yeah probably had it over us I would say you so. know and, and up until that point and yeah but um Great day to go. Sorry to rub it in. It
2: <laughs> That's all right. Any day you go and get to go to the G is a good day. But, yeah, it was one of the uh, less rewarding days. But, anyway, we've got plenty to talk about. We're obviously uh, we're going to uh, wax lyrical about the third test um, between Pakistan and Australia. And uh, we're also going to have a bit of a chat about one of the living legends of the game and a big milestone that they've brought up. And then we'll also look forward to the upcoming test series against the Windies and all of the storylines coming out of that test series. All that is coming up right after this.
1: Go! straight down the third to first slip.
2: All right, the first leg of the Australian summer had come to a close with the New Year's Test, Uh, farewelling David Warner in what was, well, had the potential to be a pretty exciting uh, match-up between Australia and Pakistan. You felt that Pakistan had shifted a bit of momentum, like they really gave the Aussies a scare at Boxing Day. Uh, It was a magnificent um, contribution from Khawaja and Marsh to dig us out of trouble, and then Cummins being absolutely phenomenal at the MCG to... What made the win seem a bit more lopsided than what it actually was? Like Pakistan were, we were right there. They take that catch, Marsh's that catch off Marsh when he was on what eighteen or twenty. Yeah, could be a very different game. Uh, so, and I think that probably sums up Pakistan really well. There are just moments yeah. that they, that don't they win. don't win. Yeah, and when they don't, it's not like a, oh Australia were just a bit better in that moment. It's when they don't get it, they just like the beginning of this game win the toss back first, your openers face four balls between them and don't get a run. Yeah. And they're two, yeah. for, two for stuff all right at the beginning of the test. And you're like, you know, slow MC or slow SCG wicket, real big chancy to put on a big score, really put the pressure on the Aussies, and then you put yourself on the back foot right away. And then there was, you know, Rizwan and um, Salman Aga and, I mean, Jamal, what a phenomenal innings he had to really... Rescue the innings and get Pakistan to uh, a competitive score of 315. Can you imagine if then if someone like Shafiq or Azam had got stuck in and made that big score, and then you still had those contributions? You're looking okay. at, you know, maybe 400 plus, and really like, you probably you pl- probably play Australia
0: out of the game. The best Australia can do probably draw that game from there. Well, yeah. well, Bubba turns up in this whole Test series. It's a diff- it's a different yeah. outlook yeah. straight away. Oh. He, he he struggled. Yeah. Um, and if he's he scored right, like he doesn't
1: he like that look to be f- extra bouncing. Has got here.
0: some absolute oh, He, got it. he got it, though. Yeah. yeah, Cummins got him with it. Absolute.
2: I reckon luck.
0: three of his dismissals, three of, out of six of his dismissals yeah. have been absolute genuine, like yeah. good luck. But, like, but but in saying that, has the bat hanging a long way out from his pad. Yeah. And, you know, you, you taught very early on. Keep. Keep those two things together, especially yeah. on the front foot. Um, you know, so but yeah, you're right, he copped some seeds. He he really did. Um, but if he turns up, it's a it's a different outlook because Australia for the first time probably since India probably since the Indian series, didn't really dominate with a bat like, like they like they have. Um, you know, there was notable mentions, Mitch Marsh, you know, very, very good. Um, but really other than that, um, rather other than Davy Warner's you know first test century, it I think uh, we, and I would like to say there's probably a little bit of how well Pakistan stuck to it.
2: Yep, in the field, with the ball. Maybe not in the field. Their fielding was awful. Yeah, the, but their, the their catching was awful, yeah. the like Jamal was, <coughs> is a fine. What a fine that guy is
0: He's going to be He's a them. classy cricketer. I
1: was thinking about him the other day, actually. Is he going to be... <clears throat> how many cricketers have come out here and had a wonderful tour and then they've really not kicked on? Well, what I like Particularly about... Particularly from the subcontinent. Um, but what I like about him is he's got, a, he's got a bit of mongrel about him and he's got a good skill set. And he can hold his own with the bat. His batting surprised me too.
2: This is a guy I think that when you're looking at it, depending on how you're going to carry yourself, he he could genuinely bat at eight, depending on obviously the, the makeup of the rest of the team. They do like that um, uh, Sajid Khan, who's not is a, a handy number eight as well. Well, um, him and Rizwan in that
1: first innings were superb. Yeah. Um, how good is Rizwan? I, mean, I love uh, him. I don't think he gets. Like he is very highly rated. I don't know how he played first test. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how he's not considered to be the
0: number one people batsman oh, I mean, in the world. I think he's just brilliant. He reminds me of my little mate from Sri Lanka, years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. With on, yeah. He, he's just got that dogged fight, yeah. and I don't. Basically, I don't care how many people are out on that boundary on the leg side. So I'm going to take you on. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna was, going to keep going. It was a dumb shot to get out. He really, he really himself. Uh, he gave himself uh, away a hundred in the first innings on that, eighty-eight. That, dug that, your
2: team out of a hole. That was got dumb. A good partnership going yeah. with Salomon, looking like really going from oh my god, this is terrible for us. To well, maybe we come out ahead here, and then immediately come and sets the trap and immediately falls into it. That yeah. was like if he. If he'd copped a few and ducked and you know rolled the wrist on a few and maybe stuck around for 20, 30 runs and then went on oh, over this, I've had ten overs of bounces and then went let's have a crack. But the first ball, like you've with the team, you yeah. are the
0: guy. You've got to get a big one to keep your team into a dominant position. And the
2: first ball of
0: the yeah, plan, first ball, ball, it was probably one of the dumbest dismissals I'd ever seen. Until Smith. and then Smith. <laughs> yeah, Smith <laughs> said, "Hold my beer." Rizwan, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out in the second innings. I'm going to really show you what's done.
1: Yeah. That, okay. oh, I was actually it was just, just about to bring that up in the context of really, that. really stupid, stupid, stupid ways to get out. When he's basically telegraphed to you where he's going to put the fielder, where I'm going to put the ball... And you oblige him by hitting it exactly the... And he didn't have some moves. I think
2: it was just too juicy a ball. Like, Smith's like, all right, I'll just hit it over the top of these guys. You're going to bowl me
1: this... Oh, it's lower on the bat than I wanted, and it's just not got up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, It didn't didn't come off the bat well at all. It basically lollipoped out there, wasn't it? It
0: was two foot outside off stump on half volley length. Hmm. You've got three short covers standing there. Just leave it. Let it go. Just leave it. I, I, right. I, there was just this exacerbation throughout the whole stadium because it, it, we were just sitting there and everyone's just looking at each other, going, "What did do What, did what, do what, what okay. the f? What? What are you, what are you doing?" <laughs> anyway, he's he's averaging fifty-seven in test cricket. He knows what he's doing, and,
2: and you know he's
0: you know, had everyone's talking. And that's, I brought this up.
2: I've shown it on the pod, on the socials a bit few times. Travis Head was named to the ICC team of the year. Travis Head's averaging 41, has 919 runs or something like that, 10350s. Um No, 105 50s. S- Steve Smith's got averaging 42. He's got about 10 more runs. He's got two more 100s and two less 50s. Smith's having one of the worst years in recent memory, and yeah. Travis Head is one of the best six bats in the world. So there are levels. There are yes. levels. Well, I heard <laughs> off
0: a couple of mates during the week. They just go, "Oh, Smith's starting to annoy me." The Smith's starting to annoy me, and I, I'm like, "Yeah, it's probably because of the expectation we've had on this bloke for so long that just a mere thirty off eighty balls, or a you know a, a forty off you know ninety or hundred balls is just not what we expect from this, him." This is a guy, you, you know, that, and who was. Like he was just flying. Like he he was untouchable. There was a point that
2: if David Warner and Steve Smith didn't score any runs, our batting lineup was lucky to make two hundred. Yeah, not that long ago. Like if you go back through and look at every major score Australia had in the first innings, there would have been a Warner or a Smith hundred in it, and then not much
1: from anyone else. Well, between them, they've got over fifty. So you you have to consider that in their in their period of dominance. Um, when they're scoring like a, a century every second innings or every third innings, it's um, they're yeah. going to have a fair impact on the team scoreboard.
2: When, when you're having a year where you know Joe Casual is saying, oh, Smith's washed. You might as well retire. He's had it. and He's scored nearly a thousand runs at forty-two. No. Yeah, I <laughs> <And laughs> you know you've set some pretty high standards. Oh, that, it, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly if you right. Ask
1: Smudge too. we would probably say, "Look, I've left three hundred out there this year." You know, yeah. he's got out a couple of fairly average ways issues, so unusual things. And Smith
2: himself said it. He's not pretending that he's in the best nick. He said that he's he's batting. He didn't say batting scared, but the, the idea of getting out is concerning yeah, him a lot yeah. more than what it used to, and he's yeah. just got to play his way through that. And I think that we'll talk about it later on with the West Indies one, but I think that new challenge that has popped up for Smith, which we'll talk about, is one that may re-energise him and really get that brain ticking over going, I've got to... Really knuckle down. Just I know you're raring to go. Just we've got a whole segment for that. I can see you with the froth of the mouth there, Towney. We'll, we'll get oh, there. Oh, I'm itching. I'm um, itching. We'll we'll, we'll we'll give the players that were in this current series. They do you know they're Jews and, and talk about that. Mm. So I was very impressed with, with Cummins. Cummins was unbelievable. Three straight five of us in a row. I thought he led the team really, really well. Um, and yeah, just every time that we needed something something yeah Pat was there to provide it bowled exceptionally well. Um, we'll, well well' bring up Josh Hayeswood as well with his wow wow
0: over which mm. I'm sure would have been great to watch for you there It was insane it, like it, it it everyone in the crowd just felt that every ball something was going to happen it was just one of those one of those overs or one of those spells where you just you just thought there could be they could be all out here today. That 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 was the feeling, you know, just sitting in the crowd, um, and we sort of moved to the ladies' stand by then because it was uh, very nice to sit in, and you know, we'd had a few sherbets under the belt, so it was uh, <laughs> it was nice. It was, and you know, that was the collective throughout the whole ground was that it, something was going to happen every oh, ball. It was fanta- it was really cool, fantastic day of cricket, and uh, you, yeah, uh, Pakistan
2: did really well after what would have been a really poor start for them. Um there was a lot of talk after day one that day one ended up being Pakistan's day, um, which I felt was a bit sort of uh, commentating on emotion more than anything else. If you said to Australia if yeah, you know, you've lost the toss, the other team's gonna go in and bat in Sydney and they're gonna be all out for three hundred and fifteen. Yeah. Um and you'll be numb for six at Stumps, you'd be like laughing. It's absolutely one hundred percent Australia's day. The, 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 the tail wagging as much as it did maybe turned it what was looking like an 80-20 Australia's Day to a 60-40 Australia's Day. But it was absolutely Australia's Day. When you're not going to team over on day one for under 350. Um, yeah. Yeah. The um, I want to have a bit of a chat about the the, the tactics why Australia in the first innings because I just want to ask you guys, um, especially you, Aaron, you've watched a lot more cricket than, than myself, Um, And I've watched a fair bit of cricket. Have you ever seen the let's spread the field to the established bat and give him one strategy
1: work? No, what I have seen is it's put out-of-form batters into form. What I have seen is that it's inspired the, the lower order who's hanging around there to just know that they only just need to do a very small job. To help the guy at the other end who is probably by now carving the opposition apart, I have never seen. Uh, I don't I, mind I, the idea uh, of. I've never seen the idea work, and it doesn't matter how you implement the field in in that thing. I do not like the idea ever as a, as a cricketer that the guy who you're bowling to, you're not trying to get him out. You're happy to give him one. I just feel it's an easy you, way. I, I just don't feel that it's. It's a smart thing to do. If, if nothing else, I feel it's
2: an easy way to let the momentum shift because let's just say the, the established bat only gets two or three boundaries away. But it takes, you know, maybe six or seven or eight overs. Yeah. And then you can just feel that team, the team or the bowling teams, on a march, nine wickets down, then everything stalls because you're not trying to get this guy out yeah. and it's a waiting game. And the yeah. longer you make them wait, even though they might not be a massive yeah. Um, yeah. damage on the scoreboard, yeah. When you're nine wickets down, ten runs is great. You get a ten, your ten wicket partnerships ten. You're feeling like yeah, good. He gets a twenty, you're feeling good. That was a huge partnership, and then it was just, and you know, this is a number nine batsman, and then on the top of that too, the number nine batsman hitting the the the, the bowl, you know, the yeah. bowlers around makes it feel even more special. Like yeah. if it was Azam doing that, you're like, oh, it's Azam. He should be hitting boundaries, but yeah. the 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 the, the, mo- the the blows to the Australian momentum was. It was twofold from the fact
0: that it's, we should be getting this guy out too. Like he's a number nine bat who's played three tests. The problem I had with it is they were doing it from run 20 with Amir.
1: Yeah.
0: Run 20. And he made 87. And he made 87. So you, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about shifting momentum. It was all Australia shifting it the wrong way. With what they were doing, and I, I'm never a believer in setting fields for bad bowling either.
2: Yeah. I don't necessarily mind the idea when he first walks out. Maybe go three or four overs. Let's get to the established bad off strike. Let's have a crack at this guy as quick as we can. And if you
1: haven't, if he's farming the strike too well, then just go back and get the bloke out. Set a field yeah. to get him out. And that's a legitimate tactic. Yeah, I don't see any legitimacy in the idea that you're giving up half of your potential of taking a wicket. One hundred percent. Why, Why are, we, are you doing it, that? You're should. cutting dismissals out. Yes. Why? Like I don't mind. Like, what it should be,
2: like if that was, if I was in that position and we had a mirror on on twenty whatever it was off about forty balls. So oh, he's he's feeling good. He's batting okay. We've got the new bloke out. I'm setting a deep square leg. I'm setting maybe long on and long off back. Um, and then going, right, if you're going to play the short one, you've got a single out there, I'm getting the other guy on strike, or you can bunt it down the ground for one, and then. but I'm still then going to pitch it up because I can try and nick you off.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then if and not, you're not driving like, and getting
2: one. It's not and like that's, the wicket
1: was conducive really to slapping it in half length anyway. Well, to me, it looked very tennis ball-y. The, da- the danger on that wicket was pitching it into the five and a half, six metre length, and, and hitting the seam. Um, they
2: got a bit of... They, many,
1: every the, time they hit the rope, the ball was doing something. They got a bit of love out of the
2: short ball, like caught like a square leg and then yeah, deep fine and things like that. But that's how I would... If I was Pat Cummins, that's how I'd do it. I'd set the areas where you're likely to score out for saving one. Hmm. Uh, so I've got... All right, I can bowl a short ball because I've got deep fine and I've got deep square. So if you're going to hook me, I've got players out for that. Yeah. And then I'm going to set long on, long off back for the first four balls of the over to see if I can get The other bloke on strike, if you're going to to hit a drive because you can get a nice easy one, maybe I nick you off. If you drive and you run, sweet, I've got the new bloke on strike. If not, then you're hitting drives out to deep long on for no run. Then I'm saving that. But I can still play multiple options. I can still pitch it up and try and bowl you, LBW, nick you off. I can bowl the short ball and try and get you caught on the boundary. And then if you're not going to do that, then I bring everyone up I then try and save the one. So then we get six balls at the bloke at the other yeah. end. And then if you're going to go hard on balls five and six, then luck I'll, I'll pay a boundary yeah. if you're yeah. going to
0: play a crazy shot. So yeah. Pakistan did exactly the same thing to Lava Shana Smith yeah. on the start of that third day, right? Where they put basically four guys back on the leg side and went, okay, well, we're going to bowl short at your midriff to neck. Um, good luck. Realised it wasn't working. And then went, okay, well, we're going to use the pitch to our advantage here. And the technical term for it is poppage, right? So you get you bowl that fuller fuller length or, or on a length. You get that poppage. And then you've got short covers. You've got a short mid wicket. You might even have a short mid on just in case they want to take you on and the bowling gets that little bit straighter. And then you, you get balls that pop up out of that region. Pakistan learnt quickly. Australia did not. And and uh, I, it worries me that I don't know. They if it's an this, education thing. I think oh, it's an arrogance oh, thing. You're right. I think I think you're right. I think it's d- definitely an arrogance thing a against point, the team actually. that they think is inferior to them. Yeah, and they're just like, oh well, if if the men- momentum is whittled away from us for a little bit, well then it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. If they do that crap against New Zealand. I reckon it might be a little bit, di- little it, bit of a different story. Do it to India as well. Do it to, we'll to India again. Do, it, do, it, it, to, do it to
1: England again. Oh, we we already do it to England. Well, well <laughs> that's what I mean. Do, do it to England again. Uh, didn't we learn our lessons during the Ashes when we allowed baseball to be played by feeding baseball balls to the batsman to play baseball shots? Well, it could have been the ball if he had got off the, if he could have hit it off the square this series. If it they was, did that to him... I personally think um, there was a lot went on behind him losing the captaincy, and I'm not completely sure that he's mentally in the game at the moment. Yeah, maybe not. But he was the one who relinquished it, so... Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I just... There was... I follow a lot of the Asian social media with cricket and stuff like that, yep. and there's been a lot of talk about Barbara Zahm, um, Shaheen Shah being being the... the the peop, You know, the people's choice for being captain. And in Pakistan, that actually means quite a bit. Because Shah- Shaheen Afrini, the captain. Yes. He's the white ball
2: captain. That's why he didn't play in the last test, because they wanted to arrest him for their, their T20 tour
0: of New Zealand. Okay, I'm he- sorry, but yeah. if you're a captain, you're saying... I don't care about the white ball stuff. I'm playing a test match. I think that's where, that's not That's not a captain to me. I think
1: that's where the... Oh, no, no. Saying, I mean, um, Shaheen, Shaheen's are... the
0: white ball captain. That's what that's, I mean. That's but, why they protected him from... But something. I'm saying, if I'm a captain, if I'm a leader, right, I'm going, I don't care what you're saying. I'm not giving up a test match. I could not believe that. That, that, that also probably went a long way for them probably not um, dominating that... That test match as much as they probably should have. we yeah, saw how much swing that Starkey yeah. got. There was uh, yep. a, there
1: was a lot there for the for the swing bowlers early, and he would have been
0: perfect. Left yeah. arm, bit of poppage.
1: Yeah. You set a short oh, mid-wicket he's, when he's you get class. straight
0: like, like he, is, class. he is. He yeah. is a class act. Yeah. If you're a leader, you're not missing a test match. I don't care who you are. Could be you're, you're telling just, those selectors yeah, no. Be interesting to see if there was much like convincing for
2: afraid to have to sit down or a, what the environment is. Mm. Because obviously, I think we live in a fairly um, privileged part of the world where we're one of the, the three nations that still highly prioritise test cricket. I think it's naive to think that any other nation in the world prioritises test cricket. Yeah. It's, it's just not economically viable. We've got those um, prestige... Test series. Like Pakistan, yeah. I reckon if Pakistan was playing a four or five test series against India, they mm. might think of it differently. Well, we're, we're good at it, though. That, yeah. That, that's the difference. There are, there are some other good teams, yeah. But I think because there hasn't been that sort of prestige test series, like, we always loved the, the Ashes. We loved the Border Gavisker Trophy. We loved it when the Frank Worrell Trophy was still something that was interesting. Like, we got up for test cricket. And I just think as it's waned and these... You know, less well-off nations have then had to cut back on their Test cricket because, of, and there just there isn't now this demand, this thirst for Test cricket because they, there isn't like a an Ashes series for South Africa to really dig into, or a, for New Zealand to get into, or for Pakistan to get into. So, I be,
1: probably beg to differ a little bit from the South African point of view. I'm sure they view Test South, series against us and against England very very seriously. They've
2: actually come out and said that that's one of the things that they struggle with. That's why, like, the World Cup is their zenith for them because they don't have an Ashes, they don't have a Border Gaviska Trophy, There's, like, those big, iconic test series. That's one of the... Because, when, like, when's the last time you've seen South Africa play a, a four or a five test series? I think even when they come out here, when, when, when like, the peak of, like, the Graham Smith, Dale Stane, Vernon yeah, Philander, they're all three test series... And I, and I think that's probably the the big thing. So I'm wondering whether or not it's just the with the modern day, you know, cricketer that doesn't come from a um, India, Australia, England, if it is that no, I, we've got a T20 World Cup coming up, and I'm the captain of the, the, the T20 or the One Day side, and I need to make sure
1: that I'm right
2: to go because that's their that's their mountaintop, to, so to speak. And if that is the case, that is very concerning. Before. The, the future, if you know, if they've come up and told Afridi, mate, you're the captain, we need you to be fit and firing, you're having the game off, and there was a bit of back and forth and eventually it was like, no, we're the bosses, you're the player, you sit down, then that's one thing. But if it's sort of like, Afridi's not really willing to fight for that because he's not seeing test cricket being that I will cut, like Ryan Harris, I will bowl on one leg to win a test match. Yep. Um You know, can we say beyond a shadow of a doubt that this modern generation, because he's what, Afridi's only 20, 25,
1: 20,
2: 26. 25, 26, so he wouldn't have seen a Test match in his country probably yeah. well, while he was growing up. Yep, yeah, that's um, probably right. So he's not exposed to, to Test cricket. The big thing going on is Pakistan competing in the World yeah. T20s, Pakistan competing in the World Cups. Maybe there isn't that same, like, I will cut off my own arm unless so I it's can, against
0: India. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe India is that only, you know, only pinnacle. For but them. even
2: for that, like, even th- then, the Indian Pakistan things. And now yeah, it's you're now talking T Twenty World Cup one day World Cups because they don't play anymore. Like, I think that whole big rivalry between them has simmered down a little bit because they're only having one-off games every two years sort of thing or for the Asia Cup or whatever it might be.
1: Unfortunately, that's something that needs to be dealt with by the politicians and it's not much that the cricketers can do about that
2: one. I'm really behind the ICC trying to play India, Pakistan in a neutral venue. So, like they've talked about at the MCG a lot, I think at Lords would be a fantastic one as well, Getting especially with the, the... The caliber of their bowling attacks. Yeah, Uh, their fast bowling batteries. If you
1: took them to either of those two places, you'd sell them out because the the South Asian following in this country in England is just enormous. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. So you wouldn't have any problems with with, um, selling tickets. But yeah, I'm like I'm firmly in
2: that you don't miss a game if you're a, oh. a leader camp. But I'm just, I'm conscious of the fact that... Providing
0: context around the, why the, that de- might be the case. Yeah,
2: depending on where you are, they just, that might, that I'm not missing a game might be that because I'm the white ball captain. Yeah, I'm, that's right. I'm going to make sure that I'm fit and firing to lead my country as best I can in, you know, you know it's like Ireland. Ireland you'd imagine would be getting up for one day as well maybe getting up as when are they playing a test match sort of thing, so, yeah. you know. It, it's easy to sit on this side of the fence and go, if that were me, I would never. But, you know, it's uh, we are in that privileged position where we are going to play at least 10 test matches, if not more, year in, year out. Yeah, you know, Over sure. a three-year period, we'll play 40 tests, or sort of, sort of the 30 tests. Yep. Um, and we've got that, got to get up for the Ashes, got to get up for the Border Gavisker Trophy. And that comes around, you know, basically every other year. Yeah. We've got an Ashes or a Border Gavisker Tour to really... Keep fueling that. If we play, you know, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, West Indies, you know, and not much else for the next five years, yeah, I reckon the the casuals' appetite for Test cricket would probably wane. But when we've got that big iconic series coming around every other year to really get us into the the swing of things, it's it's easy to sit on this side of the fence and go, "As if you wouldn't play Test cricket? What
0: a noob!" Like, so yeah, um, I get it. What can you do? Yeah. Um, overall what did we think australia fairly dominant but
2: uh, i think pa- pakistan moments. Contrary, contrary to the um, uh, the the english arguments of morally pakistan were the better team which came out or they were the better team on paper or whatever the argument was <laughs> that Hafiz came out with you know australia were the better team pakistan played themselves from poor positions into the game every test Yep. Like, they played themselves out of the test early on day one and then ground their way back into it for the first test. They got themselves right into a dominant position um, when they hadn't four for 16. They dug themselves out of, what were they, like five for 70 or something on day one in this one. Yep. Uh, and play themselves into that. But the sheer fact of the matter is they're a team that is bad enough to get themselves into those positions in the first place. That's right. Um, you know, at some point you've got to stop being scrappy and start executing. And that was... The, and even when, like, there were a few times, Test 2 and 3, Pakistan played themselves in a position where they could make things rather difficult for Australia. They ended, you know, 4 for 16. You get on here, you've got a nice, easy chase. Yeah. Uh, this game, you ended up with a lead in the first innings after only just ticking over 300. You go and make a nice, another sort of 300 again, yep. and then Australia's chasing, you know, 340, 350 to get a win, and that's difficult to do. And both times, <laughs> in both games, not only did they let it slip, but it slipped a long way. Yeah, <laughs> and, and,
1: but, I mean, it's very typical of the Pakistani temperament to cricket as well, and you always have the feeling whenever the Pakistan team take the field... I mean, you can pretty much tell how they're going to go almost from the first couple of overs. If they misfield a ball, they drop a catch. If they don't, if they're pulling off good fielding, they take their first or second catch to look out because it might just be their day. When you have situations where you're dropping catches off the second or third ball of the game, you're not in it. I think they I think they showed an awful lot of fight, but I'm not sure that they actually ever believed that they could do
0: it. We're a very young side, so... Maybe that belief will come um, when they start putting themselves into more of those positions later on. And I think there's some real potential there um, with, with, that, with that with that
2: team. team. There's no doubt um, they they overachieved. We we thought we were going to miss meet them. The whole talk up this, was, yeah. it's going to be a boring summer. We need to have Warner retiring to sell tickets. Pakistan, they played, they made the Aussies work for it yeah, more they they than what they expected part. to. But yeah. when when the chips were when it was there for the taking, when it was, all right, the game is on a knife edge, the next hour, the next two hours, the next session could really determine the outcome of the game. When it was right at that point going, we've got an hour here, which team is going to take the game by the scruff of the neck and either play themselves into a good position every single time, it was Australia. Yeah. And that's and that's the big thing. And then that's the part of being a good side. So I agree with Hafiz that, you know, there was... You know, there were some unlucky things and, and Pakistan did play well, but you know winning is a habit and Australia, and Australia is over the course of a long period of time with this group of players have found a way to get themselves from precarious positions to dominant ones yeah. and every single time that they were produced with a precarious position, Pakistan didn't put the boot in. Yeah. Pakistan, made, and it was usually a mistake of their own making, dropping, you know, dropping Mitch Marsh when we were, what, five for 40, I think. It was four for 40 at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, losing wickets in clumps in that same test when they have got a really good start and looked like they might chase down that score. Then losing a bunch of wickets in clumps, you know, again, winning the toss, batting first, two for not many, recovering, ending up with a lead, and then not executing in the, in the, the third innings to set up a, a score. Like, it's, yeah, the... Yeah. Too many times they didn't execute their skills well enough and let Australia off the hook. And Australia, when they execute their skills, they're the world test champions. There's not, there's, there's no one in the
0: world better than them when they get it right. No. And the, cor- correct. Yeah. But great signs from Pakistan. I think, um, look, hopefully there is that thirst for test cricket with these young guys now. They, they see that they can compete in Australian conditions against the best side in the world. Hopefully there is that thirst because, gee, I tell you what, if they if they gain that thirst for Test cricket and really give it a good crack the next five, six, what, seven years, an
2: attack of Nassim well, yeah.
0: Shah, Shah, Shane Shah Afridi, and that Jamal guy running around on
2: well, you know, even England or well, South even Africa, like Hamza,
0: like Hamza's, he's quick, he is rapid, Hamza, really rapid, like there,
2: there's the makings there of an attack that should go to most places. This They've got absolutely no one that's worthwhile as a frontline spinner. So, subcontinent, they've they're, they're, that's where they're probably their biggest deficit is over there to win games in big spinning conditions. They haven't got one of those big match-winning spinners. But mm. you know, England, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, West Indies, those sort of places, they've got a bowling attack that will keep them in most games where there's a bit of love for fast bowlers. Um, if they can just keep everyone healthy, yep, and then. Find a you know Azam clicking to be you know that sort of elite world class batsman and a few others to go with him. Um, yeah, they're not they're not far away. No, they're they're good. Uh,
0: one little gripe I have with the media over this whole um, last Test match was they were saying how rubbish a wicket it was from day one, and you could see it was a brilliant wicked. You could it was see a great you wicked. could see that you know oh you know balls was getting you know puff marks you know so after wise. after 30, 40 overs. A have a look. Wicket. Have a look at Australia's last innings. They lost two wickets to get that amount of runs. There was nothing If it was going to play up and play up really, really ordinary, it would have played up to Australia in that last innings. I thought it was yeah. a brilliant wicket. I it was thought, plenty,
2: plenty, plenty with, in it the, for, with the new ball. Yep. Yeah, okay, it's Sydney. So you know that once the ball gets a bit older, there is not a lot in it. But you prove that if you were diligent enough with your bowling plans, either the short ball plan or using that sort of that poppage, as pop you inch, called yeah. it, there's nothing there. I mean, no team put on a gargantuan score. Everyone was no. putting on around 300. So, yeah. And then in the second inning, you know, Lyon was actually getting a bit of purchase, so was Travis Head. So the ball was spinning, like it, but yeah. it wasn't spinning to the point that it's unpleasant. I thought that was arguably one of the best SCG wickets I've seen in probably half a decade. Well, yeah,
0: Lava Shane got a, a got a seed in that first innings, that was, that was unbelievable um, so there, there was spin there there, there was there was something for everyone I thought and I, it wasn't well, just the was was great conditions with the swing because no. they got the ball swinging with the new rock
2: all the time, Pakistan probably weren't as uh, didn't put the ball in the right areas early on with the ball, they kept throwing it down the leg side, but they were getting plenty of movement through the air. Like, it was consistently the, the new ball swung, yeah. the middle ball didn't do a great deal, and there was, you know, a reasonable amount of sideways turn from relatively early in the test that the spinners felt like that they were at least in the game. Yeah. I thought it was
0: a great win. No, I say same, same here. I, I, I think it was media types who have probably never played the game ever before coming out and have this real thing about Sydney having the New Year's test and, you know... Maybe there's a bit of uh, oh, interstate rivalry probably. with some of those journalists, but anyway. All
2: right. Before we move on to um, the living legend, I want to talk about. I just let's let's give him a, a send off. He's not been the most popular person with the podcast recently, but it was his last test, and he is. A, he's going to go down as one of the great players for Australia. David Warner's career has come to a, a close, and in a position. I mean, yeah, it was a, an inexperienced, sort of understrength Pakistan team, but he did bat well. A couple of fifties, big big hundred. You know, playing at that level, you would have no issues with him going, I don't want to retire, take me against the West Indies. He'd have earned his spot. Like, you know, so he wasn't a passenger for his pre-orchestrated farewell tour. Played well, fielded well um, over the course of his career. I think his appalling away record is going to stop him from cracking into that that elite pantheon of Australian greats. But the guy's got... Yeah. He's the fifth leading run scorer here in Test match history for Australia. You don't do that unless you've got a bit about you. And most of the bit about him has been at home. But that's for his playing half his
1: tests, So half the time he's amazing. You'll take that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to say about David Warner. That hasn't already been said. Um, I think... I actually put it on our socials a couple of weeks ago is that, you know... Hopefully, he will retire and be quiet for a little while. There's a book coming out next year. (laughs) Book next year. Oh, no, no. He's already got a view. He he announced the book,
2: but he's going to wait until the players he's playing with retire. Sorry, that's what he said.
1: I, um, I would just like him to not get in the media and be controversial. Just give us a chance to put some distance between. Because He's been a very divisive. figure he's gonna, in the last. He's got to commentate on Fox as of now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think what, I think he's. I
2: think he's in for the West Indies series. Well, so, whatever.
1: Yeah. It, whatever. Channel I, 7's ratings going through the roof. No, a, oh yeah, because people going yeah, home. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, I, I. would just really like for him just to shut up for six months. Him and his wife. Oh, well, we, we shouldn't hear much more from Candace because that'd be it. like he's retired now. We don't care about yeah. you now. Uh, He's yeah. out of the... <laughs> Dave Warner. It's good for a headline, so people are going to keep ringing her up, mate.
0: Oh, I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought you know, it's, like, we're going to have to there cross there the it was, was, was going to have to be a mute. The old
1: mute button was ready <laughs> to be pushed. <laughs> no, um, no, no, I, I do have some modicum of tact about me, considering we're on a, on a family-friendly family podcast. Family-friendly podcast. Um, but yeah, I'd really yeah. just
0: like him to shut up a bit. Yeah, basically. fair enough. Uh, same with you as I'm with you. Uh, good cricketer. Uh, I, I'm, I don't think he's one of the greats. Uh, I think he's a good cricketer who's had a very good career, especially in Australia, as Aaron's pointed out. Um, he should be very grateful. He, he, yeah. Uh, look, I admire him from his background. Like He came from a commission housing background, Davey Warner. Um, I admire where he's got to and, and how much fight. I think a lot of people see that. That doggedness and that fight as arrogance. Um, I think that's just the person that he had to be um, in order to get where he's got, and he's just continued that on. We, we know that all elite sport in this country um, is predominantly wealthy, private
2: school educated yeah, athletes. So to, yeah. And honestly, when you watch that bloke go out and score, was 89 against South Africa, hadn't played a single first class game, and was promoted to be the you know, opener for our T20 side. When you're looking at that bloke, did you go, that guy's going to retire with 20-plus Test 100s, 8,500 runs, averaging
0: 45 opening the batting? Well, I honestly oh, thought he was going to be a white ball specialist and yeah. wouldn't even see the red ball. So, so uh,
1: yeah. My mind changed about him in that when his first Test 100, because if you remember his first was on Test on that green hundred, top, on in that Hobart, top in Hobart the bat. where nobody else could get 30, and it was the innings of a quality Test batsman. Yeah. And you and you thought to yourself, Whoa! What's happened here? This is showing an awful lot of potential. And apparently, he went away on a Zimbab- on an Australia A trip to Zimbabwe, and he went over there and he made it was his first first class hundred. He made two hundred and sixty or something like that yeah. in like against Zimbabwe A in a in a first class game. And and from that point on, he was just a different player. Yeah. So whatever they did to him in between. Him being this white ball like freak, taking him away and giving him some first class cricket, that was the making of him as a test player. Because he come back and he was a different batsman. Yeah, oh. yeah. It's a shame that he could never get it
2: right in the big series or the big tours. I should say. Yeah. We, you know, a part of I think what makes you hit that legend status is you know, Dean Jones scoring that double hundred over in India. You know, Steve Waugh just plundering runs in England. And that's the final frontier. He's never really contributed on those big tours. He's been elite. Like, if you're talking exclusively playing in Australia, he is pushing for that one out of two opener spots. Like he's not I I wouldn't put him there, but he's pushing for it. When you're talking all time I reckon you've probably got maybe three or four, well, probably four or five in front of him. If You're talking all time, going everywhere in the world, and it's because that, yeah, he just didn't do anything. Like, most of his overseas average was those 300 he scored in one tour to South Africa. Was it 2014? 2014, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he's only scored
0: six away hundreds and three of them came in one yeah. tour. A- averaging 31 away, 57 at home. So, you know, he's... As you say, he's elite at home. Um, just didn't quite do it yeah, on the, those big tours, like you say. And that will always be in the conversation. And the media, yeah.
2: the media drum
0: up that he changed the
2: game for mine was a bit hard, a bit of a difficult pill didn't to swallow. Has anybody
1: ever seen Veranda Saywag? Yeah. Um, okay, what don't, about don't, Gordon Greenwich? This <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever watch Gordon Greenwich? Back? Yeah,
2: like aggressive openers are not. They're not. He wasn't
0: the. The Genesis fact, of Aggressive Open. The fact that Cricket Australia allowed this media circus, for want of a better term, to go on with this guy retiring is ridiculous. There were blokes, 100, one in 100-year cricketers, three of them that retired at the same time. Never, ever, ever got the, the fanfare that this bloke did, and it's an absolute disgrace that this was allowed to carry on by Cricket Australia. It should have been, yep, thank you, Davey. Thanks very much for your service. Done a great job, but we're not going We've to be putting three. thanks, Dave, on, on the ground. We're not going to be, you know, yeah, Yeah, it's it's a privilege to play cricket for Australia. It's not our privilege to have you play cricket for Australia. Oh, that, that's that's what I got the feeling from the media, and, that, and that's what I got the feeling from Cricket Australia is that we had for, to pander to, to, to this absolute rubbish that, that that carried on. And for me, for my mind, that and you, that that doesn't sit well with me at all. And, and, and you're absolutely right because. They
2: announced their retirement at the beginning of that Ashes tour. McGrath, Warren. Yes. And I think Langer. Langer, Langer also. Yeah. And they all said that they were retiring. And um, there wasn't. There wasn't the big, no. um, this is the last time that
0: you'll see Warren, McGrath. And like, like it, there wasn't. It was just. Go out and whitewash England. Go out, whitewash England. But go out, go and support them at the ground. Go and support them with
1: yeah. your feet.
2: We didn't have, you know, three months of straight of just like Matt Nabel on oh. Fox Sports giving us montage oh. after montage. montage after montage with like stupid like dialogue and monologuing, and there wasn't that. And these are McGrath and Warren are walking into the
0: all-time uh, Australian Test side, all-time. World 11. 11. Like, these guys are the best we have ever, ever seen. Ever. But there is a serious the- argument that they're what? Two and
2: maybe four best Australian cricketers ever, past Radman. Yeah. Will he be second? And then maybe you're looking at someone like Smith or Lily ahead of McGrath.
1: Oh, uh, may, maybe uh, oh, it's a big look. You start to open up another can of worms. Yeah, can, quite but, frankly, we just don't have the time. For this. <laughs> but they're top five. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: So, like, uh, it, 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 just the absolute crap that went on. Um, it just made me feel like it. What? It's not a privilege to play for Australia anymore. No. It's their privilege.
1: Australia's Australia's privilege it's, it's, it's Australia's
0: to have, have, privilege person to have that person wearing the baggy green, and that's never what it's been about. It should never be about that. And Cricket Australia, cut the crap. Don't ever do that again. I don't care if it's even for Smith. Don't do it. Let people vote with their feet. Let them go out to the ground because they know. They know it's the last time they're going to see this this guy play cricket. If they really liked them, they'll go out and vote with their feet. Yeah. Not this crap that we have to keep putting on to think that we're going to get big crowds. It, it, anyways, absolute rubbish. We're going to cut from here and we're going to talk
2: about someone who it is a privilege decided to play for Australia. Got
1: him, him over The pressure was too much.
2: Okay, so I've been talking big game about this living legend that we're speaking, about, we're going to wax lyrical about, and what it's going to be is none other of course, than Elise Perry, who brought up her triple century in a series-winning T20 game uh, last night uh, against India, uh, 300 international games for Australia. What an absolutely phenomenal mi- milestone um, for Elise Perry. And and I do say that we are privileged to have her playing for Australia because at one point we could have lost her to the Matildas. So she made the right choice and came out and played, um, you know, for the Australian women's team and... Taking gender out of it, all rounders. I think maybe Keith Miller is the only one that's got a covered. And even then, I reckon when you factor in that she's playing a couple of different formats, you might even say that she's probably the best all rounder Australia has ever produced. Arguably, could have brought
0: up three hundred and fifty or four hundred had she not been a dual international.
2: Or or tore hamstring, or 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 tore hamstring her legs twice. Twice.
0: Yep. Um, What a phenomenal cricketer. And and a person who probably deserves the kind of adulation that Mr. David Warner got. I'm happy to see thanks, Elise. On uh, the field. 100%. Um, um, because she. Every will, game she goes to run out, <laughs> I'll have it on there. Well, well, she, but she genuinely deserves it. Um, genuinely won it. Will will probably go down as our greatest ever women's cricketer after when she finishes. Um, I think that's that's probably recognized around australia that she's probably at that elite level and what a phenomenal ambassador because I know Australia yeah. has put a lot of effort
2: into um, making women's cricket more commercially acceptable getting it to yep. be this big ticket item you know the w uh, um, you know the women's uh, big bash uh, all of the games all that but you need a lightning rod. You need a talisman to do that. And what Elise Perry has done on the field, I feel, has made that possible. You yeah. can market the hell out of it, but if you've got rubbish, doesn't matter how much money you chuck at it, people aren't paying to watch rubbish. But people like Elise Perry, people like Meg Lanning, who we spoke about not long ago, people yeah. like Alyssa Healy, but especially Perry because, you know, how many young girls have picked up a cricket bat or picked up a, a six-ditcher? Because of what she's done on the cricket field, oh, there's a friend of friend of mine. Her daughter, honestly, is borderline restraining order obsessed with Elise mm-hmm. Perry. She is obsessed with Elise Perry. She's got uniforms. She's got cutouts. She's been like going to Sydney Sixers games is like Christmas, yep. and like the twinkle in her eyes, just the. Yeah, and she's a moody teenage girl. You never get moody teenage girls smiling. <laughs> it is impossible to wipe the smile off her face when she is watching Elise Perry play. This is the sort of impact that she has had not just in Australia but across the world. And her, her brilliance has helped make this women's cricket resurgence viable. Oh, and, man, and, it's no not doubt. A, and it's not only that. Do you reckon the WIPL happens if we haven't had nearly a decade of really successful women's big bash, yeah, I, no. where, we've no. got pe- where we've got players coming from England, players coming from South Africa, players coming from India to go and play, I don't know if it happens. Or maybe it might happen in a few years once the, the IPL just has, you know, obviously it's got a, a big war chest, but they've looked at that blueprint and went, women's cricket's viable. Australia and England have helped really make women's cricket a commercially viable thing. And I think that is an important part of Elise's legacy is just the impact that she has had on making world cricket as viable as it is. And that's not going into the fact. I want to just read some raw numbers for you, if I may. Of course. Yep. We like raw numbers. Averaging 73 in Test cricket. High score of 213. 38 wickets at 20. 135 one-day internationals averaging... 50 with the bat, <laughs> 25 with the ball, 162 wickets to a name. Women's T20 internationals averaging 32 with the bat,
1: 18 with the ball. That's 123 just, that, it's wickets. Just, so when you actually sit here and look, and we're looking at, I'm looking at ESPN Creek Info, and you just you scroll across it, and each time it brings a new field into play, Wow. (laughs) It's like, there isn't, I don't think there's too many arguments to say that she's... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven,
2: eight World Cup trophies. Yeah. Yeah. And the Commonwealth Games gold medal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, our best ever. uh, And (laughs) that just, like, I already knew it. But I didn't know those stats. That just, like, if it ever needed rubber stamping, uh, have 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 a look at those stats. It's just, it is phenomenal. If you like,
1: if you assign those stats to, um, imagine if Shane Watson had those stats. Oh, what would we be saying about do, Shane Watson? Hang on, woo. No, 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 no! I know, I know, I know, I know <laughs> I'm sorry, I've stopped my punch. You, you, you were baiting me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pure baiting moment. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I couldn't let it pass. But yeah, imagine if yeah, you were uh, like the, a key all rounder for the Australian men's cricket team, you were producing those numbers, you'd be like, wow. Key
2: all rounder, she is equally, uh, there were points where she was equally, equally the best batsman and the best bowler. Yeah. In those teams. Yeah, well, you can't be it, any more Keelan the it, best, it, can you? It's not just an all-rounder. She was the gun with the bat and the gun with the ball. And that's, no disrespect, there are some phenomenal bowlers that
0: have played for Australia over that time. So and the, some could, pretty good batters too, just quietly. So the equivalents in her numbers for Tess, right, and, and probably one day's as well, she's the Glenn McGrath of bowling, right? And she's the Steve Smith of batting. She's better than Smith. Smith's average has dropped down to fifty-seven. So, so but but the similar, she's
2: nearly got twenty. That's runs the kind on
0: Smith. Of, but that's the kind of context you're talking. Yeah. Like, imagine having that cricketer bottled into one, yeah. having a McGrath and a and a and a Smith. She's a pretty good fielder too. Going, you tournament. ask Pidgeon, he probably thinks he batted like. Smith on occasion too. And
2: if you want to go, if we go look at one day, is where you like, oh, she's only played 11 tests, so it's inflated because uh, yeah, right she so right got oh, 213 okay. not out. Yep. 50 with the bat.
0: 50. Yep. Ricky so, Ponting averaged 42 with the bat. So you're we're, going... We're talking so Coley. Co- Virat Coley, right? And still Glenn McGrath.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not bad. <laughs> wow. Not bad. What... Look and, and
2: like and her T20 international, this is the one that she's not good at. Yeah. She's been, like, dropped twice, <laughs> well, I think, yeah, from the T20 side recently. That, that, and then she goes, just... I don't like not playing for Australia, yeah. and goes and gets better yeah. and, and comes back. And, yeah, and, and admittedly, okay, you can, might be taking a bowling stats with a little bit of a grain of salt because when it's become, when the field has narrowed a bit, she's bowled less and less because she hasn't had to. And she's gotten a bit older. So you could say, you could if you're going to be the devil here and the advocate going, she's taken a lot of those 123 wickets when the international competition probably wasn't as good. She's still taken them at 18. 18? Why? She's taken 123 wickets in
1: 145 games and she's a batsman. And averages 32 mm-hmm. with a bat. And we have to put it in context too. She doesn't open the batting as a general rule in, in T20 games. So she comes in in the middle order. And she's averaging 33 with the bar. And it's just, you just think to yourself, is there, if you're looking at a skill set, if you're looking at a cricketer and their skill set, if you're creating a cricketer yes, on exactly.
0: Cricket 24
2: on the PlayStation, it's at least Perry. You're making Elise Perry. That's
0: yeah.
2: right. Yeah, 100%. Unless you want to bowl spin. But that, if you're making, you, you want to go out because you, when you want to play in career mode, you want to do both. You don't want to sit there and not, you know, not bowl when you're. You know, when your team's bowling, so you're going to create an all rounder. You're going to create an all rounder that's going to bat in the top four and hopefully either bowl first or bowl first change. That's what you want to do in your career mode. You've made Elise Perry. Elise Perry is what every person who picks up a PlayStation or an Xbox and wants to play Cricket 24 and goes, right, I'm going to make my fantasy player. I'm going to go out so I can do a bit of everything and I'm going to be the best in the world at. You've
0: made Elise Perry. Yep. Question without notice. Take gender out of it completely. Is she the best Australian cricketer no. we've produced?
1: No.
2: Okay. Well, obviously, you're, you're doing a lot based on numbers here We're, with gender, because you can get no argument. She's never faced 145 km per hour. She hasn't faced it. Ex- you're going purely off numbers yeah. and the way that she, the players have dominated theirs. I still can't code past Bradman as best because of just the difference in deviation. Bradman is was twice as good. As the next best ever, and I just think for mine that's too big a bridge yeah. to to cross. But the fact that we are talking about the fact that going on paper, she's probably picked by Bradman, just goes to show how ridiculously good Elise Perry is. I mean, we are talking about someone with, that's averaging 50 with the bat, 20 with the ball. But I imagine if you're looking at her peers, there'll be plenty of people averaging about 50-ish with the bat. There'll be plenty of people averaging about 20-ish with the ball. The fact that she's doing both together is very impressive, but no one's one's got close to 99 in 150 years of test cricket. The closest that
0: we've got is 60. It's a loaded question because comparatively...
1: You can't. And obviously you can not can't. Gonna compare and, and it would be absolutely ridiculous. going to be interesting to, to put it in a, a totally gender-neutral algorithm mm. and ask the algorithm, the only, what, what what is the answer? Who is greater? Is this, this person or is, are those numbers, more, it. Impressive or you're are making those numbers more impressive? When you these,
2: it's got purely on numbers because there's also the context of how she got these numbers. So, you know... You know, Bradman played on uncovered pitches, pitches, no protective equipment, yeah. no modern science. Even guys, you know Lara, Ponting, Smith, uh, Tendulkar, these guys all had to face the West Indies, who are bowling 150 kilometers per hour and bowling bouncers at you. She's never faced 150 kilometers per hour. She's never faced anyone that's going to bowl her a genuinely proper bouncer.
1: Yeah. also oh, and there's context to that, but too, because yeah. there are some women that run around the world who can, get, who do bowl reasonable bounce. Yeah, it?
2: but that reasonable bounce is coming at you at
1: 120. Yeah. And like, and
2: I and I fail to I, I failed to believe that the hand-eye court. Like, obviously, males. We know males are genetically more predisposed to sports. They're going to be faster. They're going to be stronger. They're going to be taller. They've got bigger bone density. Hike all of that stuff. But I fail, I really cannot be convinced that the hand-eye coordination between a man and a woman is that different that your 120 is going to feel like 150. And there's not many 120. So at the end of the day, they might be able to bowl a bouncer that gets up around, you know, the rib cage or the face, but it's still coming at you. By the time it gets there, probably 100. Um, And I don't think that... I'd have a hard time believing that a woman's hand-eye coordination is that inferior to a male. I don't even know if there's any evidence to say that it is a significant difference for men and women on hand-eye coordination. So at the end of the day, they're still only facing 115, 120, 125 kilometre per hour, at best, bounces as opposed to you know, remember Michael Clark at yeah. Centurion with Dale Steyn and Mornay Morkel bowling 145-plus for an hour? Yeah. You know, she's not going to face that. So when you're looking at that, it's purely based on numbers and you're looking at numbers, are they better than those? And I would say that if you're looking purely at
0: numbers, she's the second best cricketer to have ever lived. Wow. That was a loaded question to us. I, I didn't expect that. Like, really honestly, didn't... on numbers purely on numbers. Because I would have went, ah, oh, it's too hard to compare, you know, blah blah blah. Look, you know, just take it for what it There's is. There's a
2: massive caveat in that that obviously that look the men's game is harder. And that's not a disgrace to the women's game. It's harder. Historically it's been harder. They've come in, they've had modern bats, they've had modern pads, they've got modern protection, they've got all the coaching. You imagine going through in the sixties and seventies against the West Indies where, you know you're frowned upon for wearing a helmet, and you've got you know you can bowl six bounces all in a row. Man, There's no bowling restrictions. You've got the guys coming in at bowling at 140. Like the game is harder because men are physically capable of doing more with it, and it's it just is. It's yeah. not a disrespect thing. But Elise Perry can only play against women. She's playing against the very best women in the world, and she is so far ahead of them. It's not funny. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying that, like, the men's game is more difficult. I would much rather, and that's no disrespect, I would much rather face, um, you know, Megan Shute and Elise Perry and, you know, Darcy Brown because at 120-odd kilometres per hour, I'm probably not fearing for my life. <laughs> but if I'm going to go in and play against Malcolm Marshall or Curtly Ambrose or Brett Lee, like... It, it's just a harder game when it's coming that fast, and then they can easily hit you in the head. It, I don't mean it to be sexist, but it just—it just is. The men's game is harder, so there is there is quite a big caveat with that. But if you're going to boil it down and go, tell me on numbers, who's better than Elise Perry? The list is Sir Donald Bradman. End of list. finish this episode with a bit of a preview of the upcoming uh, leg of the Frank Wall Trophy between Australia and the West Indies, we'll get to see again, um, which, you know, I'll, I'll let you make your own uh, decisions about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing after what we <laughs> saw last summer, but it's happening. We're seeing them again. Um, there's been a lot of news around the makeup of the Australian side and... Oh, I'm not going to stuff around. Craig has been incredibly patient, and I've known for about four days that he has got a lot to say about this. So I'm just going to throw it to you, Craig. That what's what's going on with the Australian side? I know you've got uh, you've got some things
0: to say. Yeah, where to start? Um, I fear for the Australian selection process as a whole. Um, I fear that what we've done in the last Oh, I guess it's been a it's been a week lead up, I suppose, since um, since Dave retired, um, and we've all had our own thoughts, I guess, on who should replace Dave. But um, I fear for the degradation degradation of um, of what first class cricket in this country really means, um, and what it means to then go to that next level to be an Australian cricketer. Um I look, I, I just want to put it out there first and foremost, I don't have a problem with the test side as it's been named because I believe that that is our best batting lineup. As in the, we six, have, best w- the six best bats in the country are in are in the test team. I don't necessarily have a problem with Smith going to the top because I think out of all of those guys, it probably suits Smudge more. He does a job in T20 cricket, and I think it will actually help this little. It could be a uh, refresh. Yeah, change yeah, as good yeah, as, as a holiday. Just a refresh for him. I, I wouldn't a call, new I wouldn't say he's in a slump because that would be very harsh on a bloke who averages fifty seven in Test cricket.
1: And he's averaging forty five this year, by the way. Yeah, forty two. Yeah, oh, yeah,
0: but it's 40, like same 42, thing. Whatever. Yeah, but um, look, I, I don't just... Dis- Disagree with him going to the top. I think, and I what I and I've said it on many podcasts here before. Green I certainly fours. don't believe. I don't. I, I'm absolutely ecstatic that Green gets a chance to bat in the top four. He needs more responsibility. I believe batting him at six, five or six was a mistake, um, particularly towards the back end of where of. Um, I guess that England India series that that that, that happened last year. Um, he he's a guy that needs more responsibility. You've seen it with Western Australia. What he did when he went to that top four, average sixty seven. He, of 67, he went to a different level. Uh, you know he he was untouchable. I think that's exactly what he needs in this Australian side because it it then puts the impetus on him. He's not coming in at you know four or five for three or four hundred. He's genuinely coming in when we might be under the pump and we need something from him.
2: Or the other way around, it's always difficult as well. You're coming in at four for 300 or coming in at four for 80. Yeah. It's very difficult to then play your natural game. And his natural game tends to be batting long. And when you're you're one partnership or one wicket away from potentially batting with the tail... Then it makes things a little
0: a little difficult. Yeah, and, and whether you're two for two hundred or you're two for twenty, you know you've got time. You've still got a bat, yeah, right. You still got a bat long, right? So it, it, it suits him. It suits him down to the ground. It's where he should be, um, in, in my opinion. Um, however, what has really grinded my gears the last few days is having a guy who they didn't know where his best spot was in the australian side so they batted him from 1 to 6 in 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 2 years that he covered for that australian side and still couldn't hit the ball off the square yet we've said to him oh you're our best versatile batsman so we're going to name you as uh, the as the reserve as bat, the reserve bat. You've got a guy who in two se- last two seasons of Shield Cricket has scored He scored 500 this one. I think he scored Joshi over 1,000 Josh the last one, still the leading run scorer in Shield Cricket. By about 350 runs. By a long way. You're telling him that he is not the next best batsman in the country.
2: And see, the thing that annoys me about that is why do we need versatility? We have two makeshift openers batting at the top. So if a Travis Head goes down or if a Mitch Marsh goes down or a Manus Labuschagne goes down, how hard is it to not just shift Smith to three or shuffle everyone down or a Kawaja down who's batted in the middle order and then we can play the specialist opener who has batted the pants off everyone for two and a half years... In his spot, we don't need a versatile one because we don't have a specialist opener in the test side. The special the openers can bat anywhere in the top six.
0: 100%. That argument is completely nonsensical at all. It is a load of rubbish, and the fact that it was spewed out is... Probably a design of where this Australian cricket team is and, at the moment. And
2: I won't feed into that, oh, we don't want to disrupt the team so we can just make it a straight swap. Smith hasn't faced a single ball as opener. If after the first test, um, Cam Green does a side strain or Manus Labrachain breaks a leg, it's, you can't just say, oh, Smith's too entrenched as an opener. He's played one game. Shuffle him down to three. Bring yep. Bancroft
0: in to open the batting. So we've said to Cam Bancroft. Yep. We know you've made all these runs, but we still don't consider you the next best batsman in the country. How? How does that happen? How does a selection panel honestly sit there and they go, okay, who is our next best batsman? Um, we, okay, we're comfortable. We've got the best six in the country. That's fine. I can wear that. I'm I, I'm I'm completely comfortable with it, especially against the West Indies. Right? Not a problem. Yeah, but we can throw spaghetti. We, we, we can the absolutely we can. But what you're saying to a guy who has worked his guts out and probably worked harder since that whole schmuzzle in South Africa to get back to the levels that he, he's probably gone beyond the levels he was he before he was even time. picked the first time, we've said to him, no, 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 you're not the, you're not the next best. You're not even the, the, next, the af- next after that because we've had a conversation with Marcus Harris to say we believe that you're the best opening batsman, the next best opening batsman in the country. How? How does that happen? How does that happen? Would it have happened 20 years ago?
2: Well, no,
0: it would not have.
2: Would what have? shits me the most about this is, okay, it worked. It was a swing for the fence. We picked Marnus Labashane, made the side, well done. Manus Labuschagne made the test side with an average, a first-class average at that point, I believe, maybe just
0: 30. Yep. And it worked. We could see that there, he was on an upward trend. There he was, was built for test cricket. There, there were, were signs. And, and that, well, was, that was navigated early in his career. And the, but and the body of work was, and he fair, was
2: below average. Below, a, average of 30 in first-class cricket. At that moment, what he produced was below average. We're talking about a guy since the last three seasons averaging over 50. Can you remember the last time that we've had a batsman, especially an opening batsman, average over 50 in this country? That's been the Achilles heel. We've got fast bowlers coming out of our ears. We've suddenly discovered on a crop of young spinners coming through. But opening batsmen, we've got one that's finally gone out and gone, I need to go, the way to get into a national side, go and score runs, take wickets. You can find a guy that over a prolonged period of time has been scoring runs, and we're like, oh, no, I really like this guy better. Yeah, We're going we're gonna to move heaven and earth to get him in. What I want to know is, is this a Cam Green-specific situation? Like, now that we've got him in, we've found a spot. Are we going to go back now and pick, treat opener as a specialist when the 34-year-old Steve Smith and the 37-year-old Usman Khawaja are getting ready to hang up? Are we going to go back and go all right, we need to pick the best opener or are we now going to go and pick, no, no, we've just got to pick the next best batsman in Shield because if that was the case, if I'm a Henry Hunt or a Sam Costas or any young opener in the country, I'm immediately going to my coach, going, I want to bat four. Will Pukowski.
0: Will Pukowski was the next guy. They identified him early and he was he was averaging more than Marnus. Yep. Yeah.
2: Right. In fairness, he got given a couple of goes and had some false starts because of his,
0: because his, of his mental, concussion mental right? yeah, and, and mental concussion. health and that sort of stuff. But he scored 50 mm. in his first test. He hasn't scored anything since he's been back to Victoria, though. He's he got a 60. A 60. He got a 60. <laughs> no, but, but. I get what but, you mean. Yeah. But, but if, but if, if we'd gone and said, OK, well, we've identified this kid because he's really good. But what right? I'm saying is, if, if, this is the, if this is the process now, the process for
2: under McDonald and Bailey is: we want doesn't matter what you do, where you bat. Once you get here, we'll figure it out. But we are going to take the six most talented bats in the country. Why would you put your hand up to open for your state? Shield wickets are garbage. Hundred percent. You'd want to come in at four or five, where the ball. Hopefully, the openers that have you've managed to you know, coax into doing that. If you are a young bat coming through, a Tee, Wiley, a, young, a Henry Hunt was up there for a yeah. little while, all these guys the, are trying to get... Okay, the opener
0: is probably the most sought-after spot because... And these guys are facing N- Nessa and Boland and... and on and, wickets and, that are... And, um, Morris. Sue and Heaps. Yeah, Joe Richardson, th- that are doing, like, everything. You, It's a race. Yeah,
2: what you're saying is any young batsman that wants to come through, because, honestly, we're looking at the te- the. Manus Labuschagne is the oldest, youngest player in an Australian team ever, just shy of his 30th birthday. Yeah. So there is about to be a lot of open spots in the side. Like the two openers, obviously, they're not going to be there forever. We're yeah. not going to get – maybe get another year I out of Usman, Usman. Usman's got 12, 18 months, maybe. Maybe. Smith, you know, if he's good enough and he's energised enough, he might get two or three more. But yep. you look at like needing two new openers in the next three years. And then Mitch Marsh is not far behind that. Yeah, and then Marnus is, you know, you're looking at Travis Head, who's in his early 30s as well. And, you know, he's a player that relies heavily on hand-eye. So yes. when he starts to get a bit off, are we going to get a significant drop-off? Is he going to figure out a way to be as productive when he's not right in the physical peak of his powers? But what I'm saying is we've got two brand-new, two opener spots that so you're looking like in the next 24 months, yep. 36 months, maybe open. And if I'm a young batsman right now who wants to play for Australia, I am going to my coach, my state coach, going, I don't care what you have to do, I want to bat four. You let me bat four so I can score a mountain of runs, and then I'll
0: put my hand up and go, yeah. I'm clearly one I'm fa- of the one I'm of the best inferior bowling because the ball's I not a, it's not as new. I've got th- that difficult period's been got through. Now it's time for me to cash in and score a multitude of runs. Yeah, and I'll get. I'm going to go and throw. I'm, I'm
2: going to go through the numpties to the new ball, see it off, and then me as a young like a Sam Costas is coming out, just made his debut for New South Wales, this is the world at his feet, talking about he scored ridiculous runs in Sydney Grade Cricket. Yeah. He's coming in with a huge reputation. I'd be going there only, straight only away, two years too late, mind you
0: that's for another time. But. but
2: as soon as I saw this Cameron Green, Steve Smith, I would be straight into my coach going, as soon as we're back playing after Big Bash,
0: I want about four. Yep. Don't open me. No. <laughs> like, I don't want to open. No. That's 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 career, that's career, that's career
2: suicide. Like I, I, or, I get or what we're doing, are we just saying because we really like Cameron Green that we're going to move all the deck chairs for it? Because what that also is, it's – how do people know what they need to do? Where is the consistency? So we're going to have one set of rules for these blokes, but then if we come back in two years' time and we go, no, no, we need
0: a specialist opener. So, so three points on what you've just said. Manus was identified early, but Manus didn't have a guy above him, averaging over fifty, scoring a multitude of runs at shield level. Yeah, they were all level, like they they were all around the thirties and forties average. You know, one might get a hundred next week, might get a duck the next. It was, it was. Like, it was screaming out for someone to go, please score runs so we can pick you. Which is right. why Sean Marsh kept getting a go. That's exactly right. So, um, you you go with your gut there and you go, okay, well, that's this is the next guy, this is the guy we're going to put in. So, therefore, the Cam Bancroft comparison that way is not relevant because he is by far and above any, everyone else at the moment in shield cricket. Second point I want to make. It's a Cameron Green loving, and I and I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. But I think that he is genuinely loved by that group, especially the coaching group and 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 by the players. So therefore, um, look, yes, he to my mind, he's in the best top six batsmen in the country. So no dramas with him being picked. But there is a genuine love in there for Cameron yeah. Green, right? Third. George Bailey and Andrew McDonald, right? This seems to be a legacy of how they played the game. They were genuinely bits of cricketers that probably could fit and could be versatile, right? They're looking at themselves going, well, geez, you know, we didn't get much of a run. Let's give give these next era of versatile players a crack. Because it embodies the way that they came into an Australian side being a bitzer of a batsman that could probably fill a role in one to six themselves, right? So I don't agree with that at all. That that is that is mediocrity at, at its at its finest. Um, they were never the better batsmen in any side that they played in, yet they seem to have the most of the say on. Who the next batsman should be, and that, and to my mind, that's why they've gone Renshaw, because they see a bit of Renshaw in themselves. Going well, geez, you know, he kid's been through a bit, you know. Well, I think you know he's you know he's liked by the boys and blah blah, and he's versatile. We can bat him one to six, blah blah. blah. He, he's a bit like us. Let's give him a crack. Yeah, um, I think that that genuinely has a lot to do with it. Um, this theory that about Cam Bancroft. Um, not being wanted by some of the Australian players, um, let's cut the crap.
2: Where there's smoke,
0: there's Where fire. Where smoke, there's fire. And, and yeah. he's had
2: two phone calls within 24 hours of the exactly saying, great. oh, we know we like you. It's not yeah. about that.
0: No, no, that, that's absolute crap. That's um, that's damage control from, from not only the players themselves but from Cricket Australia going, oh, mate, it's not to do with that. You know, don't ever think that it's that. Of course it is. As I I said uh, off air and then in a a Facebook post, if I'm Cam Bancroft,
2: I'm being the good soldier to see who gets Khawaja's spot. And if I'm still scoring runs and I don't get Khawaja's spot in a year's time or 80 months, whatever it
0: is, I'm burning the world down. But but Bailey and McDonald have basically said it's Marcus Harris because they've identified him as the best opener in the country next to... But I, that's, that's what
2: I, uh, I'm, being, I, I'm being the good soldier for 12 months because I can see that there is still light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. But if he doesn't get that gig in, when Kawaja gives it away and they give it to, you know, especially if it's a young guy, yeah. if they, if, uh, let's say Costas goes and mental for New South Wales for the next 24 months and yeah. gets you know, 10 Shield hundreds over the, the 20 games or whatever it might be, it's probably worthwhile picking him. But you know that's it, career done. Like the, 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 the twenty-year-olds in, I'm, I've had it. If I'm Cam Bancroft, I'm just that's it. Where I, I need an autobiography. I need where, a biographer. Where's the let's biographer?
0: Go. Let's let's get I'm, it on. I'm burning the I, world I, down. I, it's it, I'm I'm very very concerned for the eroding of Sheffield Shield cricket. It's not it's not on a good, um, it's not in a good place as it is, in terms of, we really can't see it. We can't watch it. Um, unless you're you know watching Cricket Australia feeds and that sort of stuff um, it's not as it's not as intensely followed anymore and that's had a lot to do with it. Um, these selectors have further eroded yeah it's a big the, middle finger yeah, to shield. Yeah, and like and it's, regardless it's of, ridiculous.
2: regardless of the love for and we all love cam Green still a middle finger to the shield because you've got a guy that is excelling in a specialist position and not given a go. And that's what I'm concerned about. Are we just saying for this particular selection that, look, come hell or high water, we were getting Cam Green, but yes. the same rules apply. If you go out and we need an opener and your score runs mm-hmm. at the top of the order, every other time, with not for a generational talent, we're going to pick you, or what we're saying with the, the plan for this was just to pick the six best bats and we'll let the chips fall where they may, because if that's if that is going to be policy moving forward, is an yep. incredibly dangerous precedent because you are going to be getting all of the gun bats in the country wanting to bat four, or five, where it's safer to bat. Yep. And you're not you're going to get to a point where you maybe don't have a generational talent coming through, and then you've got to make your tight side up with bits and pieces players, and all of your gun bats will have been batting in the in four, five, or six. No
0: experience yeah. opening the batting. He, so then you've got to then... Balls that don't move have got no experience against the moving ball and then all of a sudden they're asked to do a job yeah. that they've never, do- or all, never all done or never haven't done in the last five years and then all of the uh, are prestigious talent because they're not producing. But all of
2: the prestigious talent, all of the batting talent is going to want to bat in the middle and that's yep. going to be the big thing. If you're not getting a run in the middle but you think you're an up-and-coming bat, yeah, um, you're not getting a run in the middle for New South Wales, you might move to Tasmania because they've got a... F- three, four, five spot open. Or you might move to Victoria. And so teams that that have identified talent early won't want to piss them off. So they'll they'll put all those players in. So then all of your openers will be the not-so-good players that don't have that same same push from the States to keep hold of them going, you're the expendable ones. And then all of a sudden we're breeding a whole generation of subpar openers because all of our most prestigious batting talent has seen that the way to get in is don't worry about
0: where you are just score the runs, and of all the series, in the next eighteen months to two years, to to do it and to give someone like Bancroft, you know, basically say, mate, you're in the side right through Windies, you're in through New Zealand. Yeah, you um, go. You're gonna. You've
2: you've got to make it stick
0: by the end of the Border Gavaskar next you're, year. You're you're in. You're in basically until the end of the summer next year. It you've got your opportunity. What there is no perfect time, no no better time to do it. Yeah, you
2: give him a run-up in the side and go, right, this is the big ticket one, you know, but, you're 31-32. If you're still struggling at 31-32 to find your mark, you know, you've got to have a pretty big board of
0: Gavisca series here. Then you move on, move to the next yeah. guy, you, you know. But, but, but for selectors to have this process of eroding Sheffield Shield cricket from within by by not even having this guy as the backup batsman is a complete disservice to our first class cricket, our first class setup and and to our cricket as a whole in this country. Um, I can't be any nicer than that. It's, it will set us back um, to your point about guys wanting to go back and bat four and five, it will set us fi- back five to ten years of getting a of getting a really decent opening combination that know how to deal with it.
2: Oh, and I don't mind. Mark just, words. If they to be proven wrong, if they've just gone down that we have to get Cam Green in, so we're just going to make up rules to get him in. But from this point on, yeah, the best opener gets to be an opener. The best number four gets to be number four. Then I'm okay with that. But if the policy under McDonald and Bailey is now just be the best bat. And we'll get the best six batsmen. Doesn't matter if they're all batting at four for Shield. Yep. We'll get the best six. Got the guys who are scoring the most runs. We'll get them in. We'll just figure it out when we get there. So dangerous. That's, that's not gonna. It's not gonna. So work.
0: it's so dangerous. And that. And the. And again, to my point, you cut. It's coming from two guys who do not understand. They don't. They don't get it. They get the versatility versatility role because that's what they played. They don't get it. They don't understand because they haven't opened the batting. They don't get it uh, in terms of uh, the team makeup, and they don't get it about setting out our cricket team, not theirs, our cricket team, up for the next five to ten years.
1: Are we surprised?
0: I
2: am a little bit. I'm genuinely a bit surprised. I thought that, um, yeah, like it's your yeah, cricketers run. A certain way for such a long time, and it's been successful. Like the amount of like Bailey keeps bringing, McDonald keeps bringing up non-traditional openers, um, have had you know it's been fifty-fifty split between non-traditional and traditional openers over the last thirty years, and that um, might be that might be in this country, but you know, but they weren't just players that had never opened before. Like Langer, yeah, he came into the side at number six, but he batted high in the order for his state. But when you're looking elsewhere. There's been 100, like 150 years of cricket, and there's been a lot more open, a lot more non-traditional openers that have gone, I'll have a crack
0: at opening, that haven't worked out than have. H- have a look at the guys that actually opened for their state and then batted five or six for the country. Michael Hussey's a classic example of that. He scored 13,000 Sheffield Shield runs before he got a crack, yeah. opening the batting for Western Australia. And, and then he bats five and six and goes, oh, how good is this? And this just turned it on. And I'm uh, just that's the way you got to go, and like, not the other way. Well, the
2: last administration, when Matthew Wade was batting at five and absolutely destroying everyone in one day and shield cricket yep. and was pushing for his return as a batsman, was told, no, nah, you're bat too low on the order. So he went and batted himself at three and kept so he could still do that. But he went and goes, oh, I'm batting too low. So he moved himself to three to and still scored the run, so he could have that, you know, that 2019 Ashes tour where, um, you know, he'd scored a, a mountain of runs. So we were saying before that you know you need to be near the top if you want to go. But now all of a sudden, we're, it's it, I just I just find it concerning. And obviously, they're not going to tell us. We're just some numpties with a podcast. <laughs> if, it's <laughs> been, right. if it's been if it's been made clear, that the players understand that. Look, all right, it's Cameron Green. The guy could be the best cricketer we've had in. 50 years, we're moving deck chairs to get him into the side. Not, that's not a problem. Not a problem. But not if, a problem. If the if the fundamental strategy for the selection is that the best six bats will be picked and we'll let the chips fall where they may, I just, what you're going to have, why would you? Why would you want to put your hand up to be an opening batsman? You would it, be wanting to get away from the Michael Neeses, the Scott Bollins, the Jai Richardsons of the world. You'd be; It'd be a race to get to four and five. Yep. Every young and upcoming kid coming through the school systems and all that that's going to go and play shield cricket would be finding states that are giving them a number four or five spot. That's exactly right. There would be no, like, they'd just be, why would you want to open? Like Cameron Bancroft right now is just a living embodiment of why would you want to do that to yourself? You're going to go on average 50 as an opener over the course of three years yeah. and, you're, you're like you said, yeah. you're not even the next next guy in. I've scored 1,500 runs in two seasons of shield cricket. Why go to just and green tops at the Gabba where the ball is swinging around corners and putting yourself yeah. through that and getting knocked about and having the, you know, Facing 150 balls to score 20, seeing it off so yep. you can try and round out a score, and you don't rate me, and you why don't rate you, me in your top seven even. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you just go and let the numpty kid from the bush that no one rates go? And yeah. then I'll come rolling in when the ball's 20, or 35 overs old. It stops swinging. Um, I've got the, the the third and fourth change bowlers on. I'll get myself set, and then when the new guys come back, I'll be you know 20, 30 not out. And yep. like, why would? you're a young kid, why would you want to put your hand up and bat in the top three what, four, four where the ball's doing heaps in Four shooting. and five should be for guys like me. Unless yeah, you're yeah, junction yeah, oval. Uh, junction oval, then you're like, no, no, I want to open this yeah, game. That's right.
0: But, but four and five should be blokes like us as with glasses, you know. Oh, geez, just can't see that cherry as well as I used to anymore, boys. I'm, 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 I'm heading really, back there. I've down. actually
1: got a really bad feeling I might be open batting this week. Yeah.
0: Oh, so. that'll yeah. be interesting. Oh. I, oh, I'm away too. I would have loved to have seen that. I'm uh, I'm away for a while. You're you're out. Yeah, you're, I, your chi- I, your I, chicken wings no
2: good. My wing got clipped over the holiday period. So <laughs> anyway, I'm, we digress. Yeah, but um, look, we didn't talk about the windies a lot. But I think we're, we'll probably have to tee that off until after to next week. I think to, we'll get one yeah. in before the, the the test because it is getting late and we've all got
0: work. And, and I do apologise for taking up most of that time, but it, 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 we knew it was coming. It's no, it, it, it's, it's absolutely crucial to the next five to ten years and not eroding the next level of cricket that we're looking for you for be. these next talents. It, it, it's, you oh. want to reward success. The thing yes. that bugs me about
2: it, and look, I'm with you. Once I've digested it, I'm not upset that it's oh, Smith, no. Lavishane, Green. Like I can dig that. But I just feel for Bancroft because at some points, sustained excellence deserves to be rewarded. Yeah. And it's not like the guys in the late nineties, early thousands, when there was so many people that were excellent. That no, someone had to right. miss out. Like there is a fairly big gap between what Bancroft has achieved over the last two and a half years and what everyone else has achieved yep. over the last two and a half years in Shield cricket. In a really like there are some dogs breakfast wickets out there that are just that you can get you get your Junction Ovals and the Karen Raltons that are just yeah. like. Good luck if you're a bowler, but you can get some absolute nightmares to go
0: and bat on. Well, I think the SCG. I, I don't think they've even got over 200 yet the, in Shield cricket. Part no, of that would be because New South okay. Wales are garbage, but yeah. <laughs> could could be. But the, but the sides they're playing up, you know, um, I, it just it just I'm, feels like this is a guy that he, it's, it's such a good like it's a good story as well for him to not be the reserve batsman and have two other guys who have not performed. They haven't been given chance after chance after chance. They haven't done the business. Bancroft outplayed the both of them for the last 15 to 20 shield games. The fact that he's not the reserve batsman is the real story here. It's the one that irks me the most uh, because, as I've illustrated, yep, comfortable with the top six. They are the top six bats in Australia in my mind. Great. But you're eroding the next level of cricket by not... Saying to Cam Bancroft, "You're the next one in line because of your achievements and because of what you've done." Especially if that is the party line. If the party in first line, first-class cricket.
2: If the party line is that, yeah, that's it's not anti-Bancroft. Yeah. It's just this is how we see yeah. things. If there's, yeah. it, honestly, it would almost be better if there were some nefarious plots around it. Because at the moment, it just looks like incompetence. If, well, if, they've, if they've got right. it out for Bancroft, it's yeah, almost 100%. it's almost better for the situation 100%. of Shield
0: cricket because you can under, okay, we're not picking him because okay. we don't like him, and, and that makes sense. And because he's not going to gel with the team and with the boys that are in there, so that's why he's not getting a run. But if, there's, if, it's,
2: okay. if there is no negative, nefarious reason for not picking Bancroft, then there's massive alarm bells yes.
0: about why – And you don't the, have the, the guy, chief selector and the captain calling him within 24 hours to say – you know, well, look, it's not because of this, it's not because of that. That's, like... Like, p- p- speaking purely from
2: a development and the future of cricket in Australia, I'd almost prefer them to come out going, yeah, look, you know what? We think he's a dick. We don't like the, what he inferred. We just don't. We, they're not going to get on. He's 32. Like, yeah, he scored yep. a shitload of runs, but we just don't think it's going to be a harmonious environment. Yeah, whether, the, whether that's true or not, whether... That's whether, right. The
0: cohesiveness but if, of this side means more to us than him scoring 500 runs this year. Yeah, and if they okay. came out and said, all right, well, you're a douchebag, but
2: I respect the fact that you're honest about it. But uh, when you're coming out and saying, no, no, there's no issues with, no issues. with Cam Bancroft, he's, we just think he's, as he's professionals... Stood
0: in, he's third in line, yeah, but there's no issues.
2: We just think, that as, as professionals whose job it is to evaluate talent and reward performance, that he is not the seventh or eighth, but he might be the ninth best batsman in the country... Um, Despite the fact that he has been dominating the domestic circuit, and he's like, and let's face it, he's not exactly been a mug in Marsh Cup or T20s either. Like that's come along, come along a, a long way for. Well, well he's thunders, thunder's highest run score in his, this season. So yeah. his Marsh Cup in for Western Australia has been strong the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'd almost prefer them to go, yes, yeah. you know, twiddling their yeah. villainous mustaches yeah. and go. Just we honest.
0: don't like you. We Cameron. don't like
2: you. We don't yeah. want to pick you yeah. because you uh, rubbed sandpaper on the ball and said everyone knew about it so you can get stuffed. Like, I'd almost prefer it because we at least go, well, they know what they're doing. They're,
0: you know, they're inconsistent because they let Warner come back, but they're not giving this kid a go, but we know why. We all know it's a boys' club anyway. But for them wh- to go. Wh- why, not, why not just keep going down that road? I just like. want, I want to know now if that is, if it is.
2: No, like, oh, no, it's all fine. Everyone, well, by oh, we yeah, all love you. There's yeah. no issues at all. Yeah, all right, Sipping cocktails and what does what did cameron bancroft need to do to be the reserve bat yeah. was is it purely because he hasn't batted at 4 or 5 in the last few years like it's just yeah that's C-
0: craziness complete craziness but um yeah we've got
2: to We've got to go. We've so. got to go. It's all done. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We rather than um, we probably I probably should have played the soapbox music. I don't think any of you guys have ever been here for a soapbox segment. That was more Gary and Glenn.
1: That one. Ah, oh, that's all good. But, but uh, be, rather than there'll be plenty of time during the rest cricket.
2: We it was a segment we used to have probably in our I don't know between the forties and hundreds. We had a soapbox moment, It was basically just that we played the, our themes on for the soapbox rant and one of us just had a rant and then we all, but that was probably more than that. Yeah, we we, and we and dressed and it up as a preview
0: <laughs> for the Windy series. We'll talk about the Frank Ball series in the next episode. we got time. Sounds yeah. good. And, and if anyone <laughs> thinks out there that I'm going to blow up because, you know, Steve Smith makes two ducks or whatever in this um, upcoming test series, well, no, you're kidding yourself. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's intriguing. It, it's it's think- intriguing, but it's more about, um, not being recognised as the next best out of that top six. That's that's what that's what I'm getting.
1: I um, oh, couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I think I think the fact that Smith is outwardly excited about it and almost campaigning to be the next bloke makes me a bit excited because you know it has been a bit of a lull for Smith, and if Smith sees oh a new challenge, and you know how much Smith likes a challenge, he gets up for the two sides to that story. Ooh.
0: Well, he it, the the other school of thought there is yeah he's excited, but he's he's gone oh shit can't have him coming into the side <laughs> he's he he he's he's not liked
1: yeah, you know could uh, be that uh, you know
0: like you know someone's got to do something here so. Okay, all right. no. I'm gonna I'm, go. I'm gonna take the cynical yeah. hat off and put the the wide-eyed, nice, N- N- no throwing team. it out there, throwing it out. Smith there.
2: seems excited, and an excited Steve Smith is an exciting one to watch because if yeah. Smith's excited and up for a challenge and ready to tackle if the, that the that challenges of much. being a being an opening bat. Then um, don't be scared of getting out, mate. We all love you. Don't be scared. Just go and play your oh, game. Oh man, he's like. His reputation is a great bulletproof. All right, guys, we'll let you go. Thank you very much for joining us for the second episode of 2024. Next week we'll be back with uh, with the news in regards to the Border Gavaskar Trophy and everything else that's been happening in cricket over the last week. Um, as always, stay safe, enjoy the holiday period, make sure you're watching plenty of cricket. And uh, if you are partaking, I hope your super coach side's going better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time, guys, bye for now. Over.